This is what we in the industry call a cold open. It's where I start talking and you're automatically intrigued. Or, well, at least that's the goal. Uh, some snooty consultant would probably say that I've rambled on too much already and now I've lost all of the listeners because I didn't get to the point fast enough. Well, the joke's on them because I didn't have any listeners to begin with. This is probably all just a giant hologram and I'm just talking out loud to myself like a crazy person. This is our weird world. Our weird world. Hello. Welcome to Our Weird World. I am your host, John Henson, and uh, this is the podcast. Um, This is not my first podcast. Uh, I did one back in college about 10 years ago, which means I was podcasting before it was cool. But uh, instead, I decided to focus on writing books instead. And so 13 books later, and with only like six people who have read them, I decided that I needed to switch up for my subconscious cry for attention and go back to talking to myself in a room like a crazy person. So that is, uh, that's basically it. Um, full disclosure, everything, every character, every episode is covered in my 100 story series. So if you like it and you want to learn about more crazy things, um, you can go on my website or search on Amazon, search my name, and those books should come up. Uh, for this podcast, there's not going to be a ton of like professional, deeply analytical research. Uh, you could literally find all of this information out on your own uh, if you so chose. Um, but why am I doing this other than... I just, I'm a creative and I need to do something. Um, Today's world is just grossly uninformed and uninformed, uneducated people are easily the most manipulated and it allows the people in power to take advantage of them, stir the pot, pit everyone against each other, and it allows them to write their own narrative of the world. Um, I mean, I know that sounds borderline conspiratorial, but it's, it's really what's going on. Um, you know, when people are too lazy to learn on their own and they just rely on what other people tell them, it creates a dumber society in which the most outspoken people, regardless of whether or not they're right, drive society in a particular direction. All right. Look at any Twitter thread right now and just all of the dumb dumbs on there spewing just ridiculously, grossly ignorant crap. All right. Now, granted, I mean, you could say that, you know, this is what's going on with this podcast, you know. You're too lazy to learn for yourself, so you're relying on me to tell you stories and just hope that I'm telling you the truth. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I've kind of backed myself into a corner on this one. Anyway, uh, we're going to have basically two main segments in every show. It's going to be story time and what did we learn, and then uh, we'll preview next week's episode, and then we'll be out of here. And uh, without further ado, let's get into our first story. story is about Rene Rondolier and I want to preface this by saying that a lot of historians doubt that this story is actually true so you can go ahead and just take this with a grain of salt Uh, this story takes place in Savannah Georgia and before I tell you this story I want to tell you a different one first so 
Savannah, if you've never been, is just is a great little city. It's a lot like Charleston and New Orleans, um, but it just kind of lacks the culture and history of the other two cities, despite being known for its abundance of ghost stories. Um, they call itself America's most haunted city. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I didn't bother to verify that. But I was there last year with my girlfriend enjoying the city and stuff got weird. All right. We were at a bar having some adult juice and having a conversation and there was a group of older women, you know, just having like a fun mom's weekend, you know, talking about whatever middle-aged moms talk about. And at some point a man and his daughter walked in and took a spot at the bar and ordered a drink. Well, one of the women said dick out loud and the man looked at her and just with a real angry, you know, tone was just like, can you watch your language, please? My daughter's standing right here. And like the woman gave like a half-hearted apology, but let's let's talk about all the things wrong with that. All right. First of all, like dick isn't a cuss word. You know, there's a solid number of people I grew up with that likely don't even know what a dick is. And second, you know, just they don't use the language. Um, but second, this guy's daughter was at least 14. All right. She's not only heard that word thousands of times, but if we're being honest, she's probably already seen a few. Right. She's probably had at least three different text threads talking about how much of a dick her dad was at that moment. All right. So that was the first thing that happened. And I almost forgot that that one happened because what happened next was so bizarre. All right. We left the bar, walked down to the street to this Cajun Creole restaurant, which I know those are two different things. And I don't care enough to figure out which one of them makes gumbo and jambalaya. I just know that it is the best food ever. All right. But we walked up the wooden steps and had to maneuver past a guy sitting on a bench in front of the door. And he was he was just staring blankly at the wall of the restaurant. He was smoking like the orange part of a cigarette butt, which I didn't know was physically possible. But he was wearing polo, wearing a polo shirt, shorts, flip flops. But His feet were dirty, but he didn't seem like he was homeless. But it was just weird. Like he just looked just completely stoned. I don't know. I like it was really weird. Well, we walked into the restaurant, we found a table and we quickly realized like something was up, right? It looked not only like, it looked like only one person was working the restaurant and she had like earphones in, which like not professional at all. And we sat at our table for like 10 minutes. There was no service. And finally, like another waitress emerged and like, that's when we really knew things were not okay. Like, cause this woman had been crying and like, but she figured that she had to still had to do her job. And she began taking drink orders from another table that had sat down while she was still crying. All right. It's like, you know, like it was, it was crazy. And they ordered their drinks while, you know, she was wiping tears from her eyes. Um, she eventually brought us a couple of menus and then disappeared again. Um, she came out a few minutes later, just still crying, took our order Shuffled to another table, got another drink order. And then after a minute or two, this flamboyantly gay black man sitting at the bar got up and started bussing the tables near us. All right. And like, look, being gay is totally fine. But like, I just I'm trying to paint a picture for you here. Right, This is an audio podcast. Like he was the type of gay person where he was just very flowy with his motions and then sassy how he spoke to people. And he wasn't wearing a shirt for the restaurant like the waitresses to like make it indicate that he was an employee, but he started going back and forth from the kitchen, bringing out food, you know, bussing tables, taking back dishes and all that. So I don't know. It, it was weird. I, we, we tried concentrating on something else. We had a nice view of the river from where we sat, but 
then we noticed that the gay guy and our waitress were now both just crying at the bar. And then they turned up the music <laughs> to to kind of drown it out. And it kind of worked. And I kind of forgot about it until Elton John's Tiny Dancer came on. And at that point, I watched as, for the majority of the song, the gay guy stood hunched over the kitchen sink and just wept. It was it was sad, but I mean, it was it's just a funny visual. And toward the end of the song, he, he finally just collected himself and brought us our order of fried pickles. And I felt I felt like a dick because I asked him for more ranch. But, you know, it, I mean, we're the customer. We got to get served. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the rest of the food was really great. Just the atmosphere was weird. And we did learn that like one of the bartenders had died like that day and they had just found out. So that explains it. But also, like, why are you staying open when something like that happens? Just close up for the day. Let the employees grieve. Don't psychologically damage dozens of customers that come in that day while they have to watch an entire staff sob while they bring them their food. All right. So that's that's the kind of place that Savannah is. All right. So now here's the story. That's uh, weird intro, but it you know hopefully it makes a little gives you a little context. Um, but now here's the story of Renee Renee Rondolier. So this story begins on a humid September night in 1804. All right, there's a woman. She's been in labor for three days, and the midwives have just given up entirely. Um, they summon a doctor over to a damp alley, which is every alley in Savannah, if we're being honest, and just to try to finally get this child out. Um, the doctor comes in, takes a quick look, and he decides that the only way this baby is going to be born is if he breaks the mother's hip. Now, I've heard women talk about childbirth before and the ripping and the tearing that goes on. And honestly, that makes me not want to have kids because it does not sound like it's worth it. And now you're telling me that this woman had to have her hip broken to get a baby out. Like that sounds terrible, right? But the doctor and the mother, they numb themselves with a ton of whiskey and Renee was born. And the reason that the mother had to have her hip broken was because Renee weighed 16 pounds. All right. I weighed 10 pounds when I was born and Renee was like another half of that, which is insane. But, um, you know, as you might expect, because he was trapped in a birth canal for three days, Renee was born with some mental deficiencies. Um, but he kept growing by age 15. He was over seven feet tall, weighed more than 300 pounds and was just covered in an unnatural amount of body hair, even for a teenager. And, you know, because of that, you know, he just kind of roamed the alleys at night, catching cats and squirrels, accidentally breaking their necks because he didn't know his own strength. You know, kind of he's kind of like the abominable snowman from like Looney Tunes. You know, I will hold him and squeeze him and name him George. Yeah. All right. Fun, fun little voice. Uh, But there we go. (laughs) There's my first highly impressive, highly offensive impression. There is going to be more to come. I guarantee you that. Um. People in Savannah, they tolerated Renee, understanding, you know, they, they understood that he couldn't really help it. And, you know, he was otherwise happy with his life. Uh, other accounts of the story, you know, claim that the people of Savannah hated Renee and that his parents were forced to confi- confine him to their property by building a brick wall with broken bottles around the top to keep him from escaping, which is like classic 1800s. Well, 
One night in 1820, the body of a young girl was found with her neck broken. Everyone assumed Renee had done it because how would he know the difference between a squirrel and a girl? Uh, the townspeople dragged Renee to Warren Square, hanged him from an oak tree, and it took hours for Renee to die. And even then, he only suffocated to death. His neck, his neck was never actually broken, which is the whole point of hanging someone. Well, that should be the end of the story, but when another child was murdered a year later, people began asking questions, like, was there a child strangler on the loose? Had Renee actually been innocent the year before? Or, obviously, did Renee come back from the dead and strangle another kid? Right, Savannah's the most haunted city in the, in the country. Clearly, his ghost was running around and, and killing more kids. So... A lot of people came up to back this theory up. Um, people, like shortly after Renee was hung, people started seeing a large figure walking around downtown Savannah at night. You know, it moved slowly, eventually getting back to Warren Square before looking at the old oak tree where Renee was hung and just kind of faded away. Well, in the early 1900s, a worker who was doing maintenance on the old Rondolier home allegedly found Renee's grave and opened it up because that's a totally acceptable thing to do. But to the man's surprise, there was nothing inside. Woo but I don't know. Like I said earlier, many people say the story is entirely made up, which is kind of unfortunate because it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, the idea of a mentally challenged monkey man walking around Savannah would have been the greatest story of all time. But uh, yeah, that's that's really the end of the story. All right, I think we're off to a solid start. It was a pretty harmless story, but uh, let's take a look at what we learned today. What did we learn? All right, uh, this is how it's going to go. We'll just go over three quick things that we learned today. Uh, number one, uh, Savannah calls itself the most haunted city in America, I, I, I think. Uh, number two, if you own a restaurant and one of your employees dies, maybe just close down for the day. Don't let them be at work and cry in front of all the customers and make it weird. And then uh, last one, one of Savannah's, Savannah's billions of ghost stories involved a hulking, mentally challenged wolf boy smothering living things to death with his love. <laughs> Next week on Our Weird World, we will look at the story of Carol Cole. He was a serial killer who, thanks to a lot of shoddy police work, got away with a lot of bad things over a long period of time. Uh, unlike this week's episode, Carol is definitely real, and everything I tell you definitely happened. All right, so that is it. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your grandparents right after you explain to them what a podcast is and right after you explain to them what the internet is. And you know what? Actually, just tell your friends and keep it weird. Yeah.